Welcome in everyone. I am Robertson Byer of Ben Sports. Sitting virtually across from me, as always, is Sir Benjamin Parker. And we are the odds on favorites. If you uh, love football, then you are in the right place. Um, please give us a follow on Twitter and rate and review us. Um, Twitter's at odds on favorites. Um, and especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rate and review. That would really help us out big time. Ben, how are we doing tonight? Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was fantastic, man. Uh, me and the family, we, we went to about three different family events. We did parks, playgrounds. We did baseball, football. I watched football. Uh, I, I I did a Disney on Ice event with my little girl and my wife. We we were covered up. We, we ran all over the place for about five days, and then it was back to work. But I am, I'm doing good. Excellent to be here. Awesome. Awesome. It feels like... Because we report, we recorded our podcast early last week, so we get it out before you know Thanksgiving Day games, so you guys could listen to it, have more time to listen to it. You know, holidays are crazy and all that, so um, hopefully you appreciated that. But it feels like we haven't talked in a long time. It feels like Thanksgiving was forever ago. I know you were busy, so maybe not for you, but for me, it feels like it was forever ago. Yes, yeah, so that extra day, and then you almost feel like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a kind of like any. Any event that's not normal flow, right? You feel like you're in a bit of a time warp. Yes. Yeah, it feels like a long time since we've done this. All right. So I guess let's just get right into it then. Uh, last week, um, Ben, you you did pretty good. What was your record against Vegas last week? I was 3-3 three and three against the spread, so not great. I went 0-3 on Thanksgiving Day. I lost all three games. And then Sunday, I came roaring back with three victories, so I felt pretty good. Vegas themselves on the games that we picked at the times we picked them, Vegas had a very good week too, four and two. So uh, I'm I'm happy at three and three, and um, you had a good Thanksgiving day too. I hear from a from a pick'em standpoint. Yeah, uh, so I also was three and three on the week. Um, I was two and one on Thanksgiving day, and then um, one and two on on that Sunday. So um, you know we did, you know, same same record but different outcomes. So. Um, so let's just get right into it. The first Thanksgiving Day uh, game we covered last week was Bills at the Lions. Um, that was a heck of a game. Um, you know, the, the Lions seemed like they had it. It really seemed like they did. And um, I was excited because I was like, man, I got this one right. And I was like, Ben's not going to be happy that I got this one right. Because <laughs> he was so convinced. Um, but man, like Josh Allen, just how about that? And kind of like, just seeing that last play, or like that that last throw, rather from from Allen to to Diggs, it's kind of like what was the Lions' defense thinking there? It's kind of like, don't yeah sure don't cover the the best one of the best uh, I would say a top five receiver in the NFL yeah don't cover him favorite target Josh Allen just don't cover and let him go thirty yards down the field that sounds nice, um, but yeah they the Bills eke out a win twenty eight twenty five um you know I don't think Josh Allen is is any longer in the MVP conversation unless he goes on a run here, but he's just, he's just so good. He's so good, Ben. Um, you know, just tell me a little bit about the game and, um, you know, how fortunate are the bills to have Josh Allen pretty much put their team on his, on his back week, week after week. Bills are fortunate to get out of there with the victory. There's no question about it. Um, my picks aside, and I did pick the bills to win by I think more than nine, whatever that spread was at the time we picked it. Uh, I, I was, you find yourself rooting for the Lions. Uh, every Thanksgiving, yeah. you find yourself doing that, especially this year, especially with them having a three game winning streak. 
they could have won that game. Uh, you know, they found a way to lose it, unfortunately. But you're right. Josh Allen is tremendous. He He's not going to be in the MVP conversation, like you said, unless he really wraps it up over the past last few weeks of the season. But uh, Josh Allen is so dangerous on literally every single play. There is no play that he can't score from, uh, whether running or passing. And that's there aren't too many guys in the NFL you can say that about. Maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe a couple other guys, but there aren't many. Uh, he Running or throwing, he could score on literally any play. He is so dangerous. <laughs> and, um, you know, the Bills yeah. are fortunate to get out with the victory. They haven't looked great. Uh, excellent job by the Lions there. They've improved defensively over the past few weeks. They're they're giving up, in some cases, field goals instead of touchdowns. And yet they still find a way to lose, unfortunately. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought I, the Lions right now, they're on fire, even though they lost that game. Um, you know, the three and one last four, as you said. You look at the the Lions' schedule remaining. It is it is not easy, but it's not tough either. And we're gonna get into some playoff stuff a little bit later. But yeah, that might could there possibly be a push there with Detroit? They got kind of a hot hand. Jameson Williams, I said he's he's back. Dan Campbell's got his guys all riled up. Uh, you know, could we potentially see a run here, Ben? A little bit, a little bit of a run. Yeah, there's hope. They they've dug themselves enough of a hole where it's very difficult, right? Oh, Somebody yeah. oh, for sure. is going to have to sure. fade strong. But if if they keep winning, three out of four at the rate of three out of four, if they keep winning at that rate, you have to figure somebody else will falter because they're going to mm-hmm. be playing some of these teams that they're hoping falter. So they still have a chance. They do, and we're going to get into that a little later. I'm very interested to see what you have to say about that. Um, <clears throat> the next game that we uh, covered was the Cowboys at Giants. I don't know about you, Ben. I felt at no point the Giants were really in control at all. It just kind of felt like they were they were playing for the sake of like staying in the game, never to take the lead or keep the lead or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys, their defense just seems so dominant to me. Um, and I wasn't as impressed uh, with the offense. They scored 28 points. You know, that looks good on paper. But to me, I just wasn't as impressed with Dallas's offense again. Um, Zeke definitely had a good Good day, though. Um, you know, I got this one right, but it didn't feel like I should have got it right. <laughs> um, it, I mean, were you also seeing that as well, or am I crazy? No, you're you're correct. And, and a lot of credit goes to Brian Dayball for finding a way to keep the game close. But really what you said is correct. It's almost like the Cowboys took the first half and just went out chasing butterflies and screwing around. And then at <laughs> halftime they said, okay, we know we're a lot better than the Giants. Let's go out and show it. Two first-half interceptions by Dak Prescott. He had a lousy first half, but they fixed that in the second half. And, you know, the spread was nine. I picked them to cover that nine. They I lost that by a point. But really, if they hadn't been fooling around the entire first half, they probably should have won this game by double digits. Yeah, for sure. And the Giants are kind of reeling now. Um, it's unfortunately – well, you know, unfortunately for them, but not unfortunately for me as a commander fan uh, – <laughs> It's reinforcing that thing that I said a few weeks ago that either it was either going to be Geno Smith or Daniel Jones that comes crashing back down to earth and crashing hard, and it seems to be Daniel Jones in the in the Giants. Um, you know they've lost three out of the last four games. Uh, they got Commanders, Eagles, Commanders are next three games. They could very, uh, very well see themselves um, on the outside looking in uh, 
for a playoff push here very soon. Um, you know, if they're not careful, um, especially if they have to pass the ball 25, 30 times uh, a game, if they can't keep Saquon uh, going. The no next question. game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. No uh, question about it. The Giants are fading. Yep. The last game uh, for Thanksgiving was the Patriots at the Vikings. Um, this was another game. I never really felt like the Patriots were uh, in control at all. Um, you know, they just kept kind of digging themselves into deeper holes, it felt like to me. Um, Kirk looks great. Uh, the Patriots offense at times did not look great. Um, I'm a little worried. I'm still a little worried about the Vikings defense. I don't know if you're seeing, again, what I'm seeing. Uh, I see that the Vikings defense is gettable and and uh, and a little vulnerable. I don't know exactly what it is exactly, but um, I would be a little worried if I'm a Vikings fan about the defense. There's just something there that whenever I'm watching them, I'm not liking. And I don't know exactly what to pinpoint it on or who to pinpoint it on. I agree 100%. I even if you take away that 40 to 3 odd outlier beat down at the hands of the Cowboys, just push that off to the side because weird things happen. Um, yeah. That first half of the Bills game, the Vikings defense looked awful. They couldn't stop anything the Buffalo Bills were doing. And Kirk Cousins is sitting over there with two picks on the sidelines, and he looks like he doesn't know what to do either. And then you fast forward here to the Patriots game, which they won. Credit to the Vikings. You find a way to win, you keep moving on. I, some teams just have years where they find ways to win. So I'm not trying to diminish that. But the Vikings' defense in the first half looked sloppy. There were certain drives where Matt Jones and the Patriots were, were finding receivers open all over the place in the secondary, barely covered at all. And then uh, there was a play where Kirk Cousins, even a couple of plays, where he, he threw balls that were up for grabs that were pick six balls, and they just didn't happen. The Patriots just didn't pick six them. It just didn't happen. But uh, I, I'm not at all comfortable here with the Vikings as we head into the playoffs. They're going to keep winning regular season games but I'm not happy with them as a playoff potential kind of a candidate at all. We always hear, um, you know, about these teams that get off to really hot starts and then they just kind of start fading a little bit on the second half of the season. And then once the playoffs roll around, they're just, they're not the team that their record reflects per se. Um, I feel like the Vikings and the Eagles, you know, we hear it, like I said, about teams peaking too early. I feel like the Vikings and the Eagles are a couple of these teams that um, that peak too early. You know, uh, the, the Eagles, I'm not saying that the Eagles are bad because, you know, they won last week. But I just don't see what everyone else is seeing with the Eagles. And again, maybe it's something that I'm just not seeing, you know, but I'm seeing kind of the same thing with the Vikings where, you know, they're they're not playing to what the record says that they are in my opinion, at least defensively offensively. I think they're, they're a very competent team. They're very explosive at times, but I don't see a, a, a nine and two or what are they? Nine and one, nine and two football team. Yeah, I totally agree. The Vikings, I, and I hate to fade any team that's winning. Cause again, there's something to be said for teams that find a way to win, but uh, there are things here about the Vikings. I don't like, even if you take out that 40 to three Cowboys game, they're just things I don't like. Moving on to uh, the first Sunday game that we covered, uh, Bengals at the Titans. Uh, I picked the Titans to win this game outright. Um, you know, I just wasn't trusting the Bengals, uh, you know, especially without Jamar Chase. But uh, they proved me wrong again, um, and you you did as well. It's something about this Bengals team. It doesn't feel like that they they should be where they are. 
it, but it felt like that way last year as well. It feels like almost a repeat of last year. Um, t- t- is this like Heineke magic only in Cincinnati, you know, where it's like the Bengals just keep finding these ways to win, finding ways to look good, even though they really shouldn't be looking that way. Can you try to explain the Bengals to me, Ben? I, I think it starts and ends with Joe Burrow. I, this roster is not a bad roster. It's a fine roster. But without Joe Burrow doing all the magic stuff he does and, and a little the coaching staff to a degree as well, the defense isn't bad. The defense is solid. So there's enough things going on there. But without Joe Burrow doing all the magic stuff he does, uh, they, they have no chance in these games. And listen, you weren't far wrong with here with the Titans Bengals. This game could have gone either way. It just happens yeah. to fall. It's like a lot of the things we're talking about this whole season. It just happened to fall to a Bengals victory. But uh, this game could have gone either way. Uh, if Derek Kenry makes one more touchdown play, the, the Titans win. Uh, if if Tannehill uh, finds uh, finds somebody open for touchdowns, the Titans win. So th- this game could have gone either direction. But the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the whole key here. You plug in a backup quarterback here for Cincinnati, and I think they're losing most of their games. Outside of that one, uh, that one weird, <laughs> like it was a the screen pass to to Derrick Henry, which it looked like it was a, a broken play almost. Like Tannehill was like running eight yards back, eight ten yards back to even get the get the ball out. Um, so up front they kind of defended well. Other than that one screen that went like 70, 80 yards, that ended in a fumble, a recovery touchdown. They they contained Derrick Henry pretty well. Um, I think he only I think he had less than fifty yards rushing. Correct me if I'm wrong there. He did not have as big of an impact as I think that many people uh, were expecting. Um, so credit to the uh, Bengals defense there. That's definitely going to uh, add some momentum for them going forward, I think. Absolutely. Uh, and teams teams know how to stop Derrick Henry if they load the box. And then it's just a question of can Tannehill take advantage of matchups deep. Without A.J. Brown, it's a little bit more difficult to do. Absolutely. Going on to a game that we need to put a giant asterisk on. Since we recorded this last Monday, right? We're talking now about the Bears at the Jets. Um, we did not know that Justin Fields was injured, and we did, definitely didn't know that he wasn't going to be playing. Uh, so I anticipated the uh, the the Bears either. I have, don't remember exactly. I think they said that I was gonna, they were going to cover. Um, so it was actually Trevor Simeon uh, that ended up playing for the Bears. And, you know, the final score is 31 to 10 Jets. So not all that surprising with Trevor Simeon or it was potentially there, Nathan Peterman, because uh, Trevor Simeon had an injured oblique. And they're like, yeah, we'd, we'd still rather go Trevor Simeon than Nathan Peterman. We'd still rather have Simeon, yes. <laughs> That's just so fun. How that dude is in the league, we talked a little bit about before we started recording. How this dude is still in the league is just outstanding to me. Like it, it makes absolutely no sense, but um, yeah, we had no idea Justin Fields was going to be on the uh, injury report, uh, so I feel like that should uh, that should that game should be taken away out of our out of our record. But uh, you know, that's just that's football, guys. That's football. So um, Mike White, you know, for the Jets, he had a he had an impressive game, but the Bears defense is not all that good. And especially with no Justin Fields and no offense really to to speak of, you know, if you don't have a, a at least a good offense backing up a bad defense, then your the, the bad defense is going to look even worse. So I'm not going to put much stock in the Mike White. 
but he did better than Zach Wilson probably would have. So, yeah, agreed. The uh, Mike White, I like the fact that they were aggressive with him. They didn't ask him to just, you know, hand the ball off the entire game, but they also didn't ask him to throw sixty-yard passes. They were aggressive, and uh, without Justin Fields, the Bears don't have a chance to win any games anytime, anywhere. The defense might be the worst in the league at this point without their two two guys that they traded. Um, there's just not enough offensive weapons, really, for Justin Fields to score too many points against, you know, above-average defenses, which the Jets are significantly above average. Without Justin Fields, uh, the Bears just basically have no chance to win any game. And that Jets defense continues to impress, uh, not against the Bears. That doesn't really matter much. But the Jets defense is the reason that they've been in so many of these games and have a winning record. They continue to uh, to do to do everything that they can, both in the secondary and to get it to the quarterback, they continue to do tremendous things uh, to make life difficult on offenses. Yeah, I don't know who the Jets are going to move forward with um, at quarterback. I don't really – looking at their schedule, I had their schedule pulled up. I don't really know if that if it's going to matter a whole lot because looking at their schedule here, they have the Bills twice – the Bengals and the Dolphins. Or no, never mind. That was that's the wrong. That's the wrong. That's the wrong thing. They have the the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. Those are some pretty hard games. Oh, they also have the Vikings coming up uh, this weekend. Those are some hard games. Even with Mike White at quarterback, if you think he is an upgrade over Zach Wilson, I don't know if that's enough to stay in in the playoff in the playoff hunt. Uh, like I said, we're going to get into that just in just a little bit. I don't really know if it matters who's the quarterback because, like I said, it, it's too tough of a schedule down the stretch here for the Jets. Agreed. We'll find out. I, I think the Jets still have a chance because so many other teams in the AFC have their faults too. But it's going to be an uphill battle for the Jets. If uh, if Mike White can't continue throwing for at least 200 yards a game, they, they already have not been a good offense all year. But Mike White gives them a chance. Moving on to our final game that we covered uh, last week, the Falcons against my commanders. Somehow they they hang on. Um, they gave up over 160 yards on the ground. Uh, it was a very good thing that Mariota is not a, a very good thrower of the football because if he was, we would have been destroyed. Um, you know, Kendall Fuller coming up with a huge clutch reception, uh, knocked, knocked, knocked up in the air by Deron Payne. The Commanders have won six of the last seven games. Um, and I quite frankly, I don't know how they've done it because it hasn't been, at least offensively, it hasn't been flashy. It hasn't been – I don't want to say it hasn't been impressive because it has been, but, you know, it, there's nothing – you look at the offense and you're like, wow, look at that. There's just none of that. You know, you have Taylor Heineke as your, as your quarterback and you have two running backs who are their grinders, but they're I think they're both averaging less than four yards a carry. So it's kind of a mystery in a way. Um, do the commanders, Ben, I, I, I have my own opinions about this, but Ben, do the commanders have a legit chance at the playoffs? And with the Buccaneers losing against the Browns this past weekend, the Falcons are only a half game out of first place. Um, how do you like both uh, teams' playoff chances moving forward? I, I don't want to jinx it because I know how it is with the favorite team, but I, I think the commanders – have an excellent shot at the playoffs. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I put it at 50-50. I think now it's probably 60-70% chance of making the playoffs. There's no reason for them not to. 
the defense is playing solid. They're going to play a schedule that just isn't brutal. They can win most, if not all, of those games. Taylor Heineke, while he's not amazing, he gives you a chance in every single game. Um, the, the offensive line hasn't been brilliant, but it's been holding up. And you have all kinds of weapons there to throw to. You, you have an outstanding cast of, of, of characters to throw the football to. A lot of things there to like. And Ron Rivera, I got to watch this when he was coach of the Carolina Panthers for years. When he gets on a roll, he, he can crank it up. Uh, now, again, nothing will ever be impressive. You won't see them win too many games 40 to 10. You know, they're going to win kind of these close Patriot type games that we've used to see out of New England 20 to 17 a lot. That's kind of his style. He's not going to run up the score too much. It's just not his style, but he will get on a winning roll that he made the next year. <laughs> he may completely disappoint at, you know, have a five and 11 team the next year. But when he gets a team kind of on a roll, everybody's working together. Everybody knows their, 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 uh, their spots on the team. Yeah. it's like uh, unbeatable during the regular season is a good word for it. I like their chances. They've got an excellent shot here. I don't like the Falcons' chances. It's not like they don't like the Falcons. They're doing a good job. They've got all these pieces. It kind of sort of feels like the Falcons have run out of steam a little bit, um, similar to the Giants. The injuries are starting to continue to kind of hit the Falcons a good bit, so that hasn't been good for them. With, with uh, different guys continuing to be out, it's like they can't get any momentum. So I don't like the Falcons' chances, even though the Buccaneers are just stinking it up. Uh, I, I don't really like the Falcons' chances at this point, not to say they can't, but I love the Commanders' chances. I don't love the Commanders' chances for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, Ron Rivera said earlier this week that he wants the offense to take the next step. And instead of eking out wins by you know the defense coming up with – you know, the play of the game, you know, the past few weeks where it's just or on flukes, pretty much. A lot of this has been the ball's been bouncing the right way, our way or the defense. Someone on the defense just steps up and makes a play, which obviously great defenses do. But great teams win by convincing margins, not, you know, by the skin of their teeth. They play the Giants twice. They play the 49ers, the Browns with Deshaun Watson, who's coming back, and the Cowboys, which hopefully at that point, like I said, I think last week, I hopefully they just went out. That way they rest their starters uh, week week 18. But um, that's a tough schedule. That's that's a tough schedule, um, especially the 49er game. That has me very worried, especially, uh, you know, because it's in San Francisco. And the 49ers have a mini-buy because they, they play the Thursday beforehand, and that's coming off two physical games against the Giants. Taylor Heineke, I don't know if he can win by two or three scores like Ron Rivera is suggesting. That has me worried for this come, upcoming week because I don't want them to ruin the formula, which is run the ball and play defense. I don't know if they're going to try to take some extra shots. I don't know what they're going to try to do. I'm I It has me a little bit worried because one – when Ron Rivera wants something, he's going to do it. He's he's that kind of guy. And I would love to see Taylor Heineke take some shots down the field because we haven't really seen it much. But he doesn't have exactly the strongest arm. So I don't want any lollipops thrown, thrown up for that uh, Giants defense because the Giants defense is pretty good. I know they have some injuries on the back end, but they're, they're still pretty good. It's got me worried a little bit. Uh, as far as the Falcons' uh, chances... I like them better than the Buccaneers, honestly, to win the division based on schedule. Um, 
And like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about this more in depth, but I'll just say just based on schedule, I like the, uh, I like the Falcons chances a little bit better. Um, do you have anything else to add to week 12 or to the Falcons and commanders? Ron Rivera, his formula has always been, has always been run the football, play defense. I just, I don't think he knows how to do it any differently. But I do think the offensive coordinator there in Washington, if they allow him to get creative, I think he has the ability to get very creative. I, I think I saw it uh, last year and the year before. When they allow him to do it, I think he can draw up some stuff, even with Heineke's limited arm. If, if Heineke can make the right reads, I think there are throws to be made downfield if, uh, if they do it in an, in an intelligent way. Yeah, in his words to um... – He's saying one thing and doing another because, you know, he's saying he wants to open up the offense, yet in games he's taking the ball out of Heineke's hands, which, fine. If you want to do that, fine. I love Taylor Heineke, but you can't really trust him at certain certain points of the game because he just has these 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 times where he just throws back-breaking interceptions. So this team is going to give me a heart attack before the season's over. I'm convinced of it. Yes, we'll come visit you in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Okay, I want to talk a little bit of playoffs right now before we get into uh, week 13. Um, This is kind of of be an either-or segment here. Um, I'm going to go based off of the lines, and I want you to say what you think is the better bet or what you think is more realistic, Okay. So, would you rather take the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 600 to make the playoffs or take the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 2,000 to make the playoffs? They're both four and seven, I believe. Yeah, so I've got the Jaguars at what's the number again? Plus 600. Plus six hundred, and I've got the Steelers at plus two thousand, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I'll take the Jaguars. I think they've been. When you look at everything that the Jaguars have done this year, I think their record is not as good as as what their as what their. Uh, I think their record should be better than what they play. What they're playing. Um, you look at some of the games they lost. The game to the Eagles. Some of the other games that they played earlier in the year. Games that they could have won. It's just been a little bit sloppy. The ball hasn't bounced their way. I do think this is a team that that record could be a lot better. So give me the Jaguars there at the plus 600. Uh, The Steelers, there's just not enough firepower there for them to pull that off. And I don't necessarily mean, you know, they got the receivers, but Kenny Pickett still has room to grow in terms of reading defenses and in terms of uh, knowing where he can throw the football to. And defensively, uh, they're pulling out all the stops there to make things happen. So give me the Jaguars there at plus 600. To your point, Ben, I uh, just counted it out. They played in eight one-score games. So obviously, that could be skewed a little bit based on the flow of the game. I, I, you know, I don't know obviously how the flow of the game was. Just looking at, at the box score, <clears throat> and I don't watch the Jags all that closely, but just looking at the final scores, they were in eight one-score games. So I feel like that's a bit of a testament to what you were talking about. But just looking at remaining. Uh, Schedule, strength of schedule. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers' chances um, a little bit more at the plus 2,000. If you, I'm mean, obviously neither of them are entirely realistic, um, if we're being honest, but just based on chances, uh, 
the Steelers have the Falcons coming up, which, you know, if Mariota is still the quarterback, I think, think they have a chance. I like this, like you said, like the Steelers defense, they are, they're making it work. It's not the best, but they're making it work. They have the Ravens twice. I have them. I would have them splitting that. The Panthers, Raiders, and Browns. I feel like that's a lot more doable in the Jackson's Jackson Jacksonville schedule. They have three to four playoff teams that they're playing. Um, so and I understand the Ravens. They might lose both of those. And heck, who knows? They could lose against the Browns if Deshaun Watson is playing well. But if you're if you're asking me in terms of you know. Which I like better. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two thousand. Also, it's a bit of a a riskier bet. I like playing a little risky. Absolutely, Next. and it's a fascinating scenario. Keep in mind, Mike Tomlin. I I forget the statistic. He either has no losing seasons in Pittsburgh or one losing season. It's an incredibly small number. Um, if you want to factor that into this bit of a bet here, uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons traditionally. Right, and that's also contingent on that Kenny Pickett is going to keep progressing the way that he is, which, you know, it, it could stall a little bit or it could even get better. He could really start exploding here down the stretch. We don't know. Um, would you rather take the, the Buccaneers missing the playoffs at plus 330 or would you rather take the Falcons making the playoffs at plus 550? Well, that's that's a good one because that's where I, I'm going to have to – I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to do the math live on air here. I, I will say this. The Bucks just cannot get out of their own way, right? It seems like – the Buccaneers remind me of the, of the NASCARs where they put something on the engines to limit them on purpose. Right. And it's like no matter what else you do, there's something on the engine that limits how fast they can go. And that kind of feels like what the Buccaneers are this year. They're back to being healthy at the wide receiver spots. At least the guys are playing. You know, maybe they're not 100%. They're playing. Uh, they have most of their pieces on defense. Not everyone, but most of them. The offensive line um, has continued to be injured. Tristan Wirfs is out for at least a couple of weeks now. But the offensive line hasn't been terrible in terms of pass protection. They just haven't been able to run the football. But it's, it's almost like no matter what the Buccaneers do, no matter how hard Brady tries, no matter how much they fuss, no matter what adjustments they make, it's like they just cannot seem to, to go but so fast. Uh, but I, I think still give me – it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. I, I, that's what I come back to. How do I bet against Tom Brady on a Falcons team that can't seem to really stay above 500? I think that's where I'm going to end up at. So give me the Buccaneers. But the Falcons have a chance here. There's no question about it. We've talked about the fact that they've got offensive weapons all over the place. With Cordero Patterson when he's healthy and with Huntley when he's healthy and with – uh, Drake London, when when he's healthy, uh, they've got weapons all over the place. The Falcons could do this. Which team would you rather take to win the Super Bowl? The Miami Dolphins at plus 1,600 or the Minnesota Vikings at plus 1,800? For me, this is easy. I Give me the Dolphins all day long. In, in oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I – we have seen teams before. I, I, I'll, th I'll think of the, uh, the Tennessee uh, Volunteers back in the late 90s. Had a, had, a, had a season where they won the national title. And a lot of the games were close. One of the games they actually shouldn't have won probably against Arkansas. And yet they went undefeated and won it. So it happens. There are teams who probably should not win but do. They just find a way. So I'm not trying to say the Vikings don't have a chance here. 
but I don't like what I see when I watch Minnesota. And when I look at some of the statistics, I don't like what I see with the Vikings. They're, they're barely winning some of these games. When I look at right. the Dolphins, I see potential there. And, and I didn't think I saw that during the offseason. I thought, okay, playoff team, 10 and 7, you know, good for them. The Dolphins have some stuff. Tua is playing out of his mind when he's not getting his head hit on the ground, you know. Um, right. He's, he's playing fantastic. The, the defense has, has continued to make plays. They're not dominant. They make plays. They're starting to run the football uh, with Wilson from San Francisco, adding to that Mostert, uh, who also from San Francisco. Uh, the offensive line is banged up right now, but they'll probably be healthy come playoff time. So I would take the Dolphins all day long. I just like everything I'm seeing out of them a whole lot better. Okay, final one here. So, would you rather take the Buffalo Bills to lose in the wild card round at plus 400, or would you rather take the Seattle Seahawks to lose in the conference championship game at plus 1,200? This is an interesting one. I think it's probably closer than a couple of other ones I've, I've looked at. Um, I think I would rather at this point, having watched both teams, I'd rather take the Bills to lose. And I think I think you said the wild card, correct? Yep. Um, I'll, I'll say this. The Bills have made life difficult on themselves, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They can win the Super Bowl. I'm not sure I still wouldn't pick them at this point. I think I would pick Buffalo. But they're volatile. We've seen that. They can lose to anybody. We've also seen that they can lose road games. Uh, they may end up playing a road game in the wild card playoffs because they're not going to win the division conceivably. Right. Yeah, uh, right. So I would still pick them to win the Super Bowl, but they are volatile. They can be up one week and down the next. So I would money wise, I would take that versus Seattle, Seattle love what Seattle has done this year. They have surprised me in every way, but I just like Philadelphia and the 49ers too good to put any money on Seattle in the, uh, on the NFC side of things. So Given the volatility out there with the Bills, given the Bills to actually lose in the wild card. I was actually when I when I told you that, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I kind of like to see it because I know I figured you were going to pick the Bills. And I was thinking, yeah, the Seahawks, I feel like they could, you know, surprise a couple of teams. They would have to win two games. I I I don't know. It would depend on the matchups. And but I do they have a formula to win in January? Compared to, you know, like, I guess the other teams in the NFC, I don't know if they do or not. But, again, it co- kind of goes back to who who is there left to trust in the NFC outside of Tom Brady. And we don't even know if he's going to, you know, win the division or not at this point. I mean, they're favorited to, but who knows? Who do you trust? Uh, of all people, Geno Smith, maybe? I don't know. Plus 1,200, you know, that's a, kind of a long shot odd. Right. I'm talking thinking out loud here I'm, I'm talking myself into agreeing with you that you know the bills are just too volatile it's it's very possible obviously they're they're they've been picked for the super bowl by pretty much everybody in the national media except for you know chief chief stands and, and all that but yeah I, I just think the bills are too volatile and i it it would shock a lot of people it i don't think it would shock and with the Von Miller thing, I, I I saw there was a headline. I didn't read it. There's something. There was an update to the Von Miller in, injury. I think that's going to be a lot bigger than what some people might think. You know, he, he was playing at a very high level. Uh, 
the Bills have a good defense, but when when your pass rush starts getting affected, that you, you need that in January. You need that in January. So I could see them getting bounced out. Absolutely. It's been a year of random results and high volatility. That's going to continue in the playoffs. Seattle, if they were in the playoffs, they would probably – that you know, that first week, that maybe they have to beat, I don't know, Minnesota, right? We could see them beating Minnesota. Absolutely. But then that second week, they would have to beat either the Eagles or the 49ers, and that's just not something – the way those teams are playing lately, that's not something I would see happening. The Bills are showing the randomness right now. I – I don't see them beating the 49ers. I could see them being competitive, potentially knocking off the Eagles. Um, you know, they had their head they had their big snafu last last year in the playoffs with the Buccaneers where they you look you saw them, you watched them, they didn't belong there. Uh I don't know if they would have a repeat of that, but it's possible that, you know, they're still not ready. That Jalen Hurts still isn't ready for for that big big of a stage to take that next big step. Um, like I said, I, I think the Eagles were one of those teams that peaked early. I could see that happening, but like I said, I'm, I'm sticking with my uh, pick there that the Bills would lose in the wild card round versus the Seahawks making the uh, championship game. Okay, week 13. Um, ben, did you want to start us off there? Let's do it, man. We've got six games going. And uh, as usual, most of you know this, we don't pick the Thursday night games usually, even nope. if they're good games, because yeah. there's just not enough time for us to get them out. Also, we do this on Tuesday night. Uh, so the injuries, keep an eye on the injuries. Anything that we say Absolutely. about any of these games, um, if, you know, the, the one of the few advantages you get as a better versus Las Vegas is that you can wait till the last second until you get the line where you want it. And then you put money on it. If it never gets to where you want it, then don't put money on it. Okay. So, but a lot of times on Tuesday nights, we don't have any, very little information about injuries until, you know, those reports start coming out on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. And this time of the year, a lot of players are game time decisions. So keep that in mind as we move forward on a lot of these. We appreciate everybody listening. First game of the week, let's talk about your commanders. They are on the road at the Giants. The Giants are fading. They're still competing, though. And this is mm -hmm. where it gets tricky with the spread. That spread happens to be two and a half points for the Commanders. So the Commanders, once again, we're not used to seeing this, but once again, they are favorites on the road. And this time it's against a team that still has a winning record. So talk to us about this game and which direction you want to go here. I need to find out when the last time we were favored on the road outside of the Texans. <laughs> That that's something. Those that's a sentence I'm not used to uh, used to hearing there, Ben. So you gotta give me a minute. It's kind of a shock to the system, right <laughs> so especially Enjoy. especially against a seven and four. Granted, they're fading as we we stated, but the seven and four football team. That's that's Vegas is taking notice, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, I I don't know. I I really don't. One thing that has me a little concerned here is Chase Young was activated off of IR, I want to say, like, around um, around Halloween. I think it was, like, a couple days after Halloween. He was activated off of IR. He had a, a MCL, ACL tear uh, last, last year against the Buccaneers midseason. So it's been over a year at this point since, you know, he, he, his injury. I don't know that he's fully recovered yet. 
which is fine. We don't want to really, you know, as a commander fan, we don't want to rush him. Last year, a big thing that Ron Rivera talked about was um, maturity and teams, or specifically the pass rush, staying in their lanes, playing as a unit. As soon as Chase Young got injured, him those comments were no longer stated, which I can't help but think, you know, deductive reasoning here, he was talking about Chase Young. They're not going to throw him out there for 40, 50 plays initially. But being how the situation that we're in, in which we cannot make mistakes in order to win games because our offense is limited with Taylor Heineke, and like we, as in we just can't score a lot of points very quickly, that has me a bit worried. I feel like I don't, I don't know if he's going to play in this game, but if he does... Um, it's got me a little worried. 15 to 20 plays, you know, is that going to make a huge difference? Maybe not, but you have Saquon Barkley back there for the Giants, and that could be a, uh, that could be a problem. If you miss one assignment, he's gone, you know? Um, and I understand, like I said, that amount of plays might not have a huge impact on the game, but if he's, you know, missing his assignments, if he's playing out of position, you know, or if he's just not ready fully, if he's not fully healthy, then that could be a huge deal. Um, you probably didn't think that's where I was going with this game, but I feel like Chase Young's return, I would love for it to be positive. I think everybody, you know, Commander fans think it's going to be positive. I'm skeptical a little bit because of that situation that happened last year. You know, the defense was not very good with Chase Young on the field. As soon as he leaves, the defense starts turning around. It's a little bit, it, it's a little bit interesting. So the way that we're playing right now, we're playing very well right now. I don't want Chase Young coming in and screwing that up, which you think, you know, it's Chase Young. How, how could he possibly screw that up? Eh, it's happened. So I like the commanders here, but I'm not very confident. That's a great point. Last year, heading into last season, 2021, I had expected great things from Washington because of their defense. They were loaded, and then it turned out they're just be not <laughs> – it didn't happen, and you mentioned some great points there with Chase Young, something that you don't get outside of you know the local area there. So that's that's excellent stuff. If I'm picking this game, Commanders favored by two and a half points. Where I'm going with it is this: the Giants are fading, and there's reasons for it. They didn't have a very talented roster in the first place. They're at the lower end of the league in terms of talent right now at this moment. Brian Dayball has done an excellent job with smoke and mirrors, but now the Giants are banged up. They they have injuries all over the place. They have season-ending injuries to some of their wide receivers. They have other wide receivers that are just banged up. They have guys on defense that are banged up. They This is not a healthy football team, and they were already up against it talent-wise. So could the Giants win this game? Yes, absolutely. This game is guaranteed to be close. It's just the way Ron Rivera plays football, even when he's got a good team. So this game will be close, but there's no way I'm picking the Giants to win this. Give me the commanders all day long to actually win this game. The line's at two and a half. If it moves to three, better catch it now. If you're listening to us, catch it now. If it moves to three, I don't feel so good about it anymore. Um, if it moves to negative three from commanders, so better catch it at two and a half because that, that half point could be the difference of what I do think is going to be a very close football game. But give me the commanders to win this all day long, especially at two and a half. Titans at the with... Eagles. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I agree with you there. I would take it, if you're covering the commanders, I would take it. If, if it does move to three, I would 
probably take the Giants to cover just because of the nature in which we win football games. It would be a, a safer bet, in my opinion. I, yeah, exactly. The, they're they're going to split these two games they have coming up because the it the Giants and Commanders play two out of the next three weeks. They're going to split, and it's more than likely they're going to split. So it, it's very hard to predict it which one, who's going to win which one. It's an interesting point. A month ago, I actually predicted, just glanced at the schedule, I said, hey, these two teams split these games. But the Giants are going down, the Commanders going up. I'm not sure that I don't see the Commanders having a chance to win both of these games. We'll find out as we move on. Um, again, that line is important here. If it goes to three, I think you're apt to just get a push. You're not going to make any money or, or lose any. But at right. three and a, if it moves to three and a half, uh, stay away from this game. Uh, put yep. money on the Giants. Uh, that's so that's that's pretty. Uh, I think that one's pretty easy there. Uh, by the way, I'm using Imperial credits again today. So all you Star Wars oh, fans, yeah. we're going to have Star Wars <laughs> trivia at the end of the show for Robertson. And um, I'm putting one Imperial credit on this. Matter of fact, let me. I'm changing that. I'm putting that to two. I feel that strongly about this one. <laughs> Two Imperial credits getting put down on this game. Um, I, I do like the Commanders to win here. The Giants can win. Don't don't get away from that. Uh, right. One turnover by Heineke flips this whole game around. But Absolutely. the Commanders are playing better. The Giants are fading. The Giants are beat up. So give me the Commanders to win. Titans at Eagles. This is a fascinating one. The line opened. Well, I say the line opened. When I looked at it on Sunday, the line was at five and a half for the Eagles to win. It has since moved down to five, and I, probably the reason for it is Gardner Johnson, their safety, is banged up with ribs. Mm-hmm. Haven't yet heard if he's going to play or not. That's still up in the air. Um, and then uh, I want to call him Jordan Love. But that's the quarterback for the Packers. But anyway, yeah. uh, Jordan, for, the, for the, the defensive tackle for the Eagles, whose name is completely escaping me right now. Jordan uh, Davis. He may not be available. For, yes, Jordan Davis, sorry. I. He may not be available for this game either. There's a chance he could come back. Still haven't heard about that. So that's influencing here. And then the Eagles, last I heard, and I don't think they're going to have their tight end, Dallas Goodair, either for this game. So that's probably a reason that this is staying close. So talk to me here about the Titans and the Eagles. Eagles favored by five at this moment. You're putting me in kind of a tough position here because Jalen Hurts just had potentially one of the best games of his career albeit against the Packers uh, this past week. But I I really want to pick the Titans to cover here because of those injuries that you're stating, because we've seen the Eagles, one of the few weaknesses that have, that have shown up is their run defense can, it's there to be had, you know, if you can scheme it up, right. Then, then they are vulnerable there. You know, they signed Linval jo- Joseph and Dominican Sue to try to shore up the middle. But, you know, this this game is going to come down to how many plays can Ryan Tannehill make, you know, downfield with his receivers. If he can make if he can make three big plays, three to four big plays down the field, I think that the Titans have a legitimate shot to win this game, definitely to cover. But if if they don't, then Derrick Henry can't keep carrying this team. He just can't do it. He needs Tannehill to step up for the outside receivers to make some plays um, because the defense is pretty good. The Titans' defense is pretty good. So um, I want to pick the Titans to cover here. Um, If the line keeps going down, uh, because you said it was at five and a half, if it keeps going down, I would stay away from it, really. 
Um, but at five right now, I would, I would pick the Titans to cover. I'm not confident. In it. I wouldn't put any Imperial credits on. Understood. And I'm going to go to the flip side, which is not unusual. We've done this all year long. Yep. These games are not easy. There's a reason why why the NFL is not easy to, to make money on at times. Uh, I'm going to pick the Eagles, and here's why. <coughs> Excuse me. I think the Titans' record is better than they've actually played. And credit to them. They play tough. Uh, they're, they're, they play better than their talent in a lot of play cases. And, and I, saw, I give a lot of credit to them and their coaching staff for doing that. I don't think they're quite as good as their record would indicate. And I saw what I needed to see from the Eagles last week, and that is that offense surging back. They just exploded last week uh, versus the Packers. It was bothering me that the Eagles, coming off their bye, had two sloppy, sluggish offensive performances. And that bothered me. But when I saw them come back last week, again, I, I get it. It was the Packers. They, they should have won. They did. They took care of business. But they, they look like they were back to the nor- their normal self, what we saw from them earlier in the season. So injuries notwithstanding, and, and, and again, I, those injuries can be important. You mentioned it. If Derek Kennery can start running the football here, against an Eagles defense that struggles to stop the run. That could be important. If Gardner Johnson isn't able to play in the secondary for the Eagles, Tannehill might break one uh, deep downfield. He can throw the football downfield. He may, maybe he does. But I think it's more likely that the Eagles offense is able to have their way with the Titans this week. Not, not 40 points worth, but I think they can cover this spread. So give me the Eagles here. I'm going to put two Imperial credits on it. I, I just like the Eagles better than I like the Titans, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, everything you said about this game is true. I just like the way the Eagles are playing when they're their normal selves, uh, especially on offense, and I think they'll make enough plays on defense to where the Titans can't keep up, basically. So um, I will say this. If this line moves up to six, and I don't think it's going to, but if it moves up to six, I would stay away from it. But at five points, if you can get it right now, I would go ahead and jump on that and I would put two credits on it. Those are my two favorite games of the week right there that I feel the best about. Commanders over Giants, Eagles over Titans, at, 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 at even at the five-point spread. Anything else on Titans and Eagles? No, you hit it right. Um, you know, <laughs> all the points you mentioned, I don't disagree with any of the points that, that you made. It's really just going to come down to, like I said, can Tannehill make enough plays, and can Derrick Henry, you know, take advantage of the uh, – from of the Eagles defense with, with some of the injuries that they have. And I neither one of us mentioned it. It wouldn't be right if we didn't, I guess. AJ Brown is probably going to be motivated to have a big game. I oh, assume he's healthy. I didn't I didn't check yeah. that today. Yeah. Um if he's motivated again, he's not the one throwing the football. So, you know, I don't know how much control he's got here. He's going to be motivated to have a big day. So give me the Eagles but, you know, the Titans don't typically get blown out. So don't look for the Titans to get run out of the building here, especially against an Eagles team that is missing missing parts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But now that you say that, I, I didn't even realize that story. Like I was looking at it, I didn't even see it. Now that you say that, I might take the Eagles to cover that because, man, A.J. Brown was not really – he seems like he took that kind of personally when the Titans traded him. He scored three touchdowns against uh, the Steelers, I believe, and they don't have a terrible defense. Matt, Nick Sirianni, he is a he's a fiery guy. If you've seen some of his on-the-field antics, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if he's like, you know what, AJ, 
you know, if he's healthy, that is, you know, go, go have yourself a day, sir. I could, I could very easily see that happening. So now that you got me questioning my pick, I might take the Eagles if, if AJ Brown is healthy there. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. Again, the Titans don't get blown out. So I, I don't want to get too carried away with the emotion and the Eagles offense because I think that is the overwhelming thought of the day. But the Titans just figure out ways to stay around typically. So I think I do think that number is important. I almost took five underdogs this week. I wanted to. Ooh. I ended up taking, I think, one. But I want, And, and we're going to talk about some of them now. The Dolphins are an underdog in San Francisco. The 49ers, who Vegas loves, they are now – boat racing past the Seahawks for that division. The 49ers are a favorite against the Dolphins. The uh, Dolphins are banged up a little bit on the offensive line. The 49ers are a four-point favorite. It opened, it was three and a half on Sunday, but it has now moved to four. So 49ers by four points as we speak here on the, on Tuesday. How do you feel about this one? I really like what both of these teams are doing. Um, you know, you could just go back to the offseason really quick. I don't think any of us really expected an eight and three record uh twelve weeks in for the for the Miami Dolphins. They're just playing two is playing out of his mind. Um all he does uh is win, it seems like. Um any game he's starting finished. I think I saw a crazy stat. Uh he's fourteen and one, I believe. Um, in every game that he's started and finished. Um over the last 15 games. Amazing, um, yes. So, and he's got weapons, and, you know, the defense is playing pretty well. You know, it, it's hard to not like the, the Dolphins here. But, man, the 49ers, I'm, stand, I'm still – I'm going to die on the hill here. I, I, I will continue to say that Jimmy G is enough, that Christian McCaffrey makes a huge difference for this team, and – the 49ers by far, by far, I think, have the best defense, especially in the NFC, potentially the NFL. I, I don't know who to pick in this game. I really want to pick the Dolphins, but I, I, I think on principle alone, I have to stick with the 49ers here. This was not easy at first. It became easy after I looked at it for me, for me. Right. I wanted to pick the Dolphins so bad in this game. The mm-hmm. 49ers, they're shutting down teams that can't score. But they're, we watched them against the Chiefs a few weeks ago, and the Chiefs burned them for 44 points, I think. So the, the 49ers' defense is outstanding. Statistically, it has surged back up towards the top of the league, either right at the top or number two in almost every category. So you're right. They've got the dominant defense. The reason I wanted to pick the Dolphins here was they can score points even if you shut them down on 90% of their plays. You know, they can, they can score four touchdowns with only four good plays with those yeah. track receivers. So they right. can put up 28 points, even if the 49ers are shutting down everything that they do. What clinched it for me, though, the reason I'm still going to go with the 49ers here, I'm picking the 49ers to win and cover. Taron Armstead looks like he's going to be out. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he's a scratch here, left tackle for the Dolphins for this game. And Austin Jackson, who is nowhere near as good as Armstead, but Austin Jackson looked like he's also out. So the Dolphins are hurting on the offensive line. They started running the football better, so I would say, well, they can just run the football against the 49ers. But the 49ers stop the run. They stop it cold. You just cannot run the football in the 49ers. 
You can throw some of the 49ers, but you can't run with the 49ers. Nobody can. Nobody any time ever. Uh, so I think the Dolphins can't run the football on the 49ers. And I don't think Tua's going to have the normal time he's got this year to throw the football. So I think it's going to limit what he can do with, with Waddle and with Tyreek Hill. So even though I really, really, really wanted to pick the Dolphins <laughs> here, I'm not going to do it. And the, the whole reason is because of the injuries to the offensive line. That's the whole reason. Um, two good teams here. But give me the 49ers to win and cover. Anything else here? No, you hit the nail on the head there. I really want to pick the Dolphins, but I, 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 I just can't. I can't, you know, the 49ers are just playing too well. Uh, Jimmy G seems like he's starting to catch fire a little bit. If he's getting confidence and uh, Kyle Shanahan is uh, beginning to have confidence in, in Jimmy G, then look out because this team's going to be dangerous, very dangerous. Yeah. Yes, totally agree. The 49ers are a real threat to win the Super Bowl, I think. Um, I've got one Imperial credit on this game. Um, even though I wanted to pick the Dolphins, to me, that offensive line stuff, there's enough domino, mm-hmm. dominoes falling where I, I, I'm all over the 49ers here for one Imperial credit. For um, sure. Chiefs at Cincinnati. The Chiefs are favored by two on the road against Cincinnati. The Chiefs have, have played uh, – I don't, I don't want to say they've played great all year, but they've been consistent all year. I think it's a fair statement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cincinnati – They've won, I forget if it's four out of five or five out of six. And the one loss was, um, the one loss was that really weird, ugly loss to the Browns. So uh, Cincinnati at home, a dog by two. How do you feel? So before I get into the game, I just want to say that I haven't felt comfortable in any of the over-unders until this game. Uh, Smash the over on this one. It's going to be a dog fight it's going to be a slaughter fest for like the it, the defenses i don't know if they should even show up just let you know whoever <laughs> whoever makes the the biggest splashiest play especially if jamar chase is back um look for these offense to just absolutely explode um gosh i this is kind of like the same situation as last game i really want to pick the chiefs here but you, you've kind of got me convinced on the Bengals a little bit, especially if Jamar Chase is back. Um, if Jamar Chase is not back, I'd maybe feel less confident in that pick and probably lean a little bit more towards the Chiefs. But Jamar Chase is back. I like the Bengals here. Um, I'd probably just take the money line. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, expect them to cover per se. It's going to be a close game. It it might come down to who has the ball last. Um, yeah, I would take I would take the Bengals here plus the one fifteen for the money line, um, and then definitely take the over here. Um, it it's going to be a very interesting game. Totally agree. To me, this game I'm I'm going to pick the Chiefs to cover here by two. Uh, if if that moves, it, I don't know. I'm not putting any credits on this game. To me, this is a game that you stay away from. You don't need Absolutely. money to make this game interesting. It's already going to be an interesting enough game without any money on it. Grab your popcorn, your drink, just sit and enjoy the game. No money, no stress, just enjoy it. These two teams are both playing well. The Bengals are on fire right now. But the, Ch- the Chiefs have been consistent all year long. Anything could happen in this game. Cincinnati could win this by a blowout. Cincinnati could win 42-17. to 17. That's not a great Chiefs defense. It hasn't been tested a whole lot this year. 
it's not a great defense. It's an average defense. It's, it's okay. It's making plays. It's, it's not a great defense. Cincinnati could win this game in a blowout. The Chiefs could win this game by double digits. Or, as the line says, this could be a very close game. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to come all the way down to the end, more than likely. And probably whoever has the ball last. So far this year, the Chiefs have been getting the ball last. So they're winning <laughs> in games that are close. But if, if Cincinnati has the ball last, Joe Burrow is just as capable of leading this team to a victory in, in the last minute, last two minutes. So I wouldn't put money on this game. Stay away from it money-wise. Just enjoy it. But give me the Chiefs to win by two. They've been more consistent. So so give me the Chiefs here. But anything can happen in this game. Uh, anything else on this one? No, it's pretty accurate. It, it's it's hard to put to put money on this game. It's 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 it, it's unpredictable, in my opinion. I could see any scenario playing out. Next is a game that we all thought was going to be fantastic, mm-hmm. and both teams are struggling. One team is basically out of it. The other team, the Chargers. The Chargers are on the road this week against the Raiders. The Chargers are two and a half point favorites. Now it was two two points on Sunday. Now Tuesday, it's at two and a half. I'm sorry. It was, it was at two and a half. It is now at two. I apologize for the confusion. So Chargers, two point favorite over the Raiders. Um, Raiders have won their last two games. Chargers look like they were going to lose last week and pulled it out of their butt and beat the Cardinals last week. Anyway, how do you feel about this one? Um, something that you might know about me, Ben, is I like to create chaos um, I like to just, you know, poke the bear a little bit. I like to, uh, I just like to be random. I like to be, you know, spontaneous at times. I like the underdog. I like, I like making bold predictions. And I think the Raiders are going to blow out the LA Chargers. I think that I, I have no reason for it. Um, other than the Raiders having a pretty impressive offensive performance last week against the Seahawks in Seattle. Um, yeah, other than that, I got no other proof. I think it's going to be a one-sided affair, and it's going to be all Raiders. This one's tough for me. I'm picking the Raiders, by the way. I'm right there with oh, you. Oh, wow. Wow. And I don't think we're alone in that. I think that's why the line shrunk from two and a half down to two, because I think other people are doing the same thing. The Raiders won won the last two weeks. It wasn't pretty, but they won. The offenses woke up. And we're finally at least getting a glimpse of the Raiders team we all thought we would see at the start of the year, right? We thought, hey, maybe a dark horse for the Super Bowl. Didn't happen. But the last two weeks, they've looked a whole lot better. And the offense has always had the potential they just haven't done it so Raiders at home yeah I'll take them Uh, absolutely I'm going to put one imperial credit on this now I will say um, the Chargers they haven't quit on this season I think everybody else has quit on the Chargers but the Chargers haven't they're still winning some games even the games they lose are close they could have beat the Chiefs uh, a couple of weeks ago but Mahomes had the ball last Um, you know it it just didn't happen Um, so Chargers still playing in these games. They're still competing. Uh, you know, I'm not fading the Chargers here so much as I just like what the Raiders are finally showing us that we all thought they had. So, yeah, give me the Raiders. Um, here's an interesting stat. The Raiders statistically score more points per game than the Chargers. It's really not even that close. And the Raiders uh, allow fewer points per game than the Chargers. 
and it's by you know it's it's by a distinct margin too. So statistically, the Raiders, even though they have a losing record, they show up better than the Chargers, and we're finally seeing some glimpses the past two weeks. So. Yeah, given the Raiders here, and I think we're not alone in that sentiment. I think other people are kind of sort of leaning that direction as well. Uh, final game for us, Jets at Vikings. The New York Jets, we talked about them earlier with that defense, playing the Vikings at home, who we don't like to, to win in the playoffs, but this is a regular season matchup. Vikings are at home, minus three. Uh, Jets have that fascinating quarterback situation. So what do you do here? I don't like them, but I, I'm going to pick the Vikings here, um, and I'm going to take the minus three as well. Um, you know, we just don't know about the quarterback situation with the Jets. Um, obviously, if Mike White has a repeat performance of last week, it's going to be a lot more interesting. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, there's a reason that Mike White hasn't been starting, you know, even with a struggling Zach Wilson. So... And there's also a reason they turned to Joe Flacco earlier in the year as opposed to Mike White. So I, I, I'm I, going to take the Vikings here. I don't, like I said, I don't like the Vikings. I think they peaked too early. I, there's a lot of problems. Um, the, the only hope that the Jets have is if the defense just plays lights out. Um, but that's going to be difficult to do on the road. So we'll, we'll see, but I'm taking the Vikings. I agree. I've got the Vikings as well. Um, it's at minus three. If it gets any bigger than that, I would stay away from this. I'm not even, I don't even love it at minus three. If you can catch it at two and a half, which I don't think you're going to, if you can catch it at two and a half, jump on it, um, for the Vikings, but it's at minus three. So I, I've got one Imperial credit on here, one Star Wars Imperial credit for the Vikings to win at minus three. I really want to pick the Jets here. I really, really, really want to pick the Jets to just win straight up. But that quarterback situation is bothering me. And they're starting to – the Jets have the injury bug too. Uh, yeah. They've got another running back, Michael Carter. don't know if he's going to play in that game or not, but keep an eye on that. Michael Carter's got, a, I think, a sprained ankle, something like that. Um, the Jets have had the injury bug a little bit all year. The Vikings are just healthier. And Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson, man, if, if that connection keeps up, then give me the Vikings easy. But you mentioned that the Jets' defense is what keeps this game close. Um, can they – uh, and I don't know who's going to be guarding Justin Jefferson, if it'll be the rookie gardener or if it'll, if it'll be switching back and forth. I don't know. But I, shutting down Jefferson is going to be really difficult. The Jets have an excellent defense. Quinnen Williams is probably going to give the Vikings some problems there. But still, even if the Vikings have trouble scoring, I'm not sure how the Jets are going to score, to be honest. So give me the Vikings with three points. Uh, I, you know, I don't love the Vikings, but I'm just not sure how the Jets are going to score in this game because they, they've had trouble scoring all year, right? So yeah, uh, don't love the Vikings, but still in this game, I like them enough to win. Totally agree. All right, we are we are almost done here, but we promised y'all a couple of things here, and we're gonna we're gonna eat up on that. Any any more football before we jump over to some other more important items? Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, let's jump on it. Star Wars trivia time. Uh, me Ooh. and Robertson, we both love Star Wars. Now, to be clear, and I, I don't think I'm misrepresenting you here, we're not Star Wars geeks. We can't quote no. you every line of every, of the movies, but we enjoy it. We love it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to have a little bit of Star Wars trivia here, and I think this is a, a fair one here as, as we're looking at this. I've got a, one Star Wars question for, for uh, uh, sorry, for Robertson. 
And I'm trying to find it here. Yes. Robertson, are you ready? I am ready. And uh, if I get it wrong, then maybe that maybe I just need to have my my nerddom, you know, taken into question. Maybe I need to pass another test. You know, <laughs> I just hope that my fellow nerds don't aren't disappointed in me if I lose this, uh, if I get this wrong. Listen, I'm not let you, I'm not letting anybody pull your Star Wars card, okay? Because we are okay. we are NFL nerds, but we are Star Wars hobbyists. I think is a fair yes. way to put this. That yes. is fair. That Please is don't fair. be disappointed in the Star Wars nerds because we are not. Okay, according to the Emperor, what was Luke Skywalker's weakness? I'm going to give you four choices, but according to the Emperor, what was Luke Skywalker's weakness? And here they are: four choices. Number one, his fate in the light side of the force. Number two, his fate and his friends. Number three, his lack of vision. Number four, his resistance to the dark side of the force. I can quote back any of that if you need it. Oh. Hmm. That's a tough one. And while you're like... thinking, I'm going to quote it again for the for 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 everybody to hear. While you're thinking on it, uh-huh. according to the Emperor, what was Luke Skywalker's weakness? Faith in the light side of the Force, faith in friends, lack of vision, or resistance to the dark side. Gosh, I really want to say the resistance to the dark side. I hope I'm right. <laughs> Is it, are we going final answer there, or do you want to eliminate uh, some first? I got to go final answer. I, I don't want to play one of these 50-50 games. If it was, if it was uh, who wants to be a millionaire, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, you know, I would use one of my lifelines or something, but. This is not that, and I feel like I need to be confident in this answer that it's the resistance to the dark side, and I'm gonna go with it. It's a great answer, but it's not correct. Do you want to second guess? <laughs> Faith in the light side? Uh, also, no. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Oh, what is it? It's oh, it's obviously one of the other two, but yeah. It was his faith in his friends, the Emperor. What? I would have gotten it right, but I, I wouldn't have known for sure. It would have been a total freaking guess. Uh, but I'm sure the Star Wars nerds are out there screaming at us. Yeah, that, you know, we should have known this. But Simon, Simon Short, uh, one of our faithful listeners, and also <laughs> one of your co-hosts on the other podcast that you guys have, uh, Phantom Football Podcast. Please go listen to that um, after you're done listening here. Simon Short is a huge Star Wars fan, um, fellow Star Wars fan. He is probably very angry at me right now, and we sometimes talk <laughs> Star Wars, and he might not talk to me anymore about Star Wars after that. But um, Don't hate us, Simon. Don't hate us. Don't hate me, Simon. Um, because Ben clearly got the answer right. I did not, so uh, my apologies there. Um, I can make up for it other ways. Uh, hopefully next week you ask me another question, I can redeem myself. Uh, yeah, there's going to be no editing in this section. So what you what you guys are hearing actually happened. <laughs> yes, this is a true story. This is a true story, unfortunately. Uh, 
my my sincere apologies. Um, you know, maybe maybe I need to resign. I don't know. It, it, we'll we'll see what kind of social media backlash we get. We didn't even bother to change change the name, so the innocents have not been protected. Yeah, no, they haven't been. They haven't been. <laughs> One other order of business. Uh, last week, most of you know who listen to the show on a regular basis, and we thank you for all of it, no matter where you are. I don't, you know, feel free to reach out us, reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know where you are. I, we never know what you're going through in life, but we appreciate you stopping a little bit and uh, listening to us a little bit. Um, those of you who listen to the show, you know that uh, there is a version, there's an alternate universe where Robertson has found himself on a deserted island all by himself. Um, through a series of choices, he now has all the sandwiches he wants to eat any time of day or night, so he's not hungry. Uh, he also has an unlimited number of books to read anytime he wants them, any book he wants. He can read read any book he wants, including comic books, for those of you who fall into that category. Um, and he also, uh, last week, I think, picked to uh, be able to watch all the playoffs in the major sports. So, you know. Hockey, racing, NFL, NBA, he gets the playoffs, but he gets no regular season games ever. Not mm. not a single scratch of a regular season game. So, you know, I think maybe half the year, give or take a few weeks, he has uh, sports to watch, and then the other half of the year he's reading his books, basically. Um, he has asked for fire, <laughs> and I'm going, to, I'm going to give him a chance to get fire. But not this week. It's going to wait another oh. week. Uh, Before you go Angel, on, Ben. Before you go on, Ben, let, let me just say this. If you guys have not been paying, been listening week in, week out, I said I tried one. I think it was like the first or second week. I was like, you know what? I, I It was based on one of the decisions. I forget what it was. I was like, you know what? I'll Oh, it was the book question. I was like, you know what? I'll, obviously, I'll take the books. I can just burn the books if I don't like them or whatever. Like, I'm the only one on the island. It doesn't matter. I can just burn them, use them for fire, you know, or what else. And I said, and you also said there was a uh, there was a giant warehouse that these things were going to be stored in. And I'm like, shit, I got shelter, fire, and entertainment. I'll take that versus the five movies that I was getting. And I said, that's a no brainer. He's like, oh wait, you don't get fire or shelter yet. I'm like, how? He's like, fire doesn't exist here, and the, you can't take well where uh, shelter in the warehouse. I'm like, well, this just makes no sense now. So I've been asking since then for fire, and he refuses. So. Yes, Go ahead. Yes. You, you, eventually, you're going to make some choices about how you get fire. Uh, but you're not <laughs> going to get that this week, unfortunately. Uh, ben the Angel went to Thanksgiving and got fat and isn't going to make it back to your island this week, unfortunately. Oh, God. Uh, so you, you're not even going to see the Angel at all this week. Uh, so we're just going to leave you there, unfortunately. And instead, I want to know about Thanksgiving, because I asked Simon this last night on his podcast, what's the best food that you had this week? Because I just got to know. It just bugging the heck out of me. I'm sure you ate a lot of good food at Thanksgiving and probably before and after too. So, All and right. maybe the best food you ate was at a, a burger joint that you went to this week. I don't know, <laughs> right. but but I am curious. This past week, what's the best food you ate? It had to be okay. So, I don't remember if we said. I asked you what your first plate was. Um, my first plate was a, a big heaping helping of turkey a heaping helping of stuffing and a heaping helping of mashed potatoes. And that covered the entire plate and yes. all of it was covered in gravy. I think I had <laughs> something, I threw something else on there. I think I threw like some bake, like corn bake or whatever this thing my mom makes. I think I threw some of that on there, but it, it didn't matter really. Uh, Cause it was just overtaken by everything else on the plate. And 
that was the best plate of food. It was all heavy stuff. It was all starch and, and meats, and it was wonderful, and I loved it, and it's the best plate of food that I had. I did not feel good about myself afterwards, uh, physically, mentally, um, anything. <laughs> I didn't feel good at all, but I felt so satisfied at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, by far, by far. What about you, Ben? I want to hear this. Well, and, and I've got another question for Thanksgiving for you too. But uh, but my, I ate so much good food. We had pecan pie, pumpkin pie, chocolate mm. pie with the meringue on top. You know, don't we can eat it without the meringue, but it's better with it. It's a whole lot better with it. And I got it. So we were loaded, and the food, the turkey, the stuffing. Uh, but the best food I ate this week was actually ham. It was a good, lean, well cut ham. No no fat on it, which is important for me. So it was a really good ham, and then there's some macaroni and cheese with it. And I went back for double dippings of both. It was just really well done. They had just done an excellent job on it. So I, I ate a lot of good food more than once this week. But the ham and the macaroni and cheese were outstanding. Loved it. What do you say to these people that say <laughs> that uh, that macaroni and cheese is not a Thanksgiving uh, day side? I. There, there are other countries for you to go and live in. Uh, you know, <laughs> I hear that Iceland's a nice place, a little bit underpopulated. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, maybe the, is there life on Mars? Uh, and if not, can we sustain life on Mars? Uh, you know, Elon Musk thinks so. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know what to do with somebody that doesn't validate macaroni and cheese. I, I mean, you know, uh, Maybe there's a misconception here that they think it's Kraft mac and cheese and not like, you know, <laughs> the good baked mac and cheese, you know? Let's be clear. Maybe... <laughs> the macaroni and cheese that I ate that I love was something yeah. like Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I was trying to help you, Ben, but not, man, now you're, now you're, uh, Ben is throwing shade out here. He does not care. Um, he, you guys can't see him right now, but he's wearing the I don't give a you-know-what leather jacket. And, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, that that is the tone that he's taking. That is the position he's taking. I respect it. I might not agree with it, but I respect it. And, uh, you know, you can't stop Ben. Right now. You, you just can't do it. Yeah. So, anyway, no, the macaroni cheese was great, but uh, we had a lot of, lot of good food. I do want to know, though, do you still have Thanksgiving leftovers in your fridge? And for how long will we keep them there? Oh, no, they're gone. They're, they're, they're gone. gone. I, I have I have a big family. I have a big family. So uh, mom sends a lot of that, sends a lot of that home with my siblings. Um, and also it, my mom does not like leftovers. Just the, the she does not like them. So, She'll do a day, maybe two. After that, she's like, I got to do something else with this. Um, what she did do that was absolutely amazing was she took, she made a lot of mashed potatoes per my request um, because there never seems to be enough. So I said, hey, if I could, she, I asked for one thing and I was like, just make extra mashed potatoes because it always seems to be like whenever we have leftovers, they're, they're gone like after after Thanksgiving Day. So she made a lot of them and she made a, like a little too much, <laughs> but she made these um, potato pancakes for, okay. for, for dinner, um, you know, as like a repurposed, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, uh, leftovers. So 
it was pretty awesome. She did it with like some salmon and some vegetables. It was awesome. So, you know, it was really good. It was really good. That might have been one of the better things I had over the past week was the repurposed Love leftovers. It. Love it. All right. We this has been a long show. If anybody's actually made it to the end of this. We appreciate it. We don't know why you did, but thank you for doing it. And uh, yes. I'm going to hand it back over to Robertson to shut us down. Yes, please. Again, go follow us on Twitter at Oz on Favorite. Please leave us a rate and review. Five stars if you think we deserve it. If you don't, please tell us why. We'd love to know either way. Um, feedback would really be appreciated. If we could ask for anything, it would be feedback. We haven't re really received any. Please give us some. Um, tell us how we're doing. Um, other than that, have a great rest of your week and have a great weekend of football.